Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents The Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation. Hey, this is great, man. Now, here's your host, Radical Russ Belleville. Good day, tokers and toquettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. Radical Russ here, but not really. It's time for my semi-annual two-week vacation. That means for the rest of this week, you get to hear the best of my most recent interviews, segments, and rants. So sit back and relax and smoke them if you got them, because this is the best of the Russ Belleville Show. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our cannabis focus. Today in the Cannabis Focus, we're taking a look at the state of Arizona, one of five states that are fighting for marijuana legalization in the upcoming ballot for 2016. Four of those states, Arizona, Nevada, Massachusetts, and Maine, are all being backed by the Marijuana Policy Project, uh, and they are branding their campaigns as CRIMLA, the campaign to regulate marijuana like alcohol. And Phoenix New Times is reporting a story as to whether or not the CRIMLA initiative in Arizona would allow cities to ban home cultivation. Under the initiative, it's proposed that adults would be able to grow up to six plants with a 12 plant per household maximum. So you and your wife could cultivate 12 plants in your home, but 12 would be the max. And the, the controversy here is whether or not the language of the initiative gives local control to cities and counties to be able to ban people's personal indoor gardens of six to 12 plants. Ryan Hurley, he's a lawyer for CRIMLA, says the cities cannot ban home growing. But Tom Dean, who's a lawyer representing Arizonans for Mindful Regulation, which is a competing initiative, says the opposite. He says it does allow municipalities to stop adults from home cultivation. And adding to this confusion is a CRIMLA supporter, a criminal political director named Carlos Alfaro, who was shown in a video plainly stating that cities can implement the ban. Hurley says that Alfaro was mistaken in that video, but it has stoked the fires of this controversy. The people backing Arizonans for mindful regulation, uh, that would be your more of your true legalization group. Uh, backing a separate initiative, grassroots, volunteers, no fundraising, uh, no signature gathering, unlikely to make the ballot. But they are standing up for the right of this home growth, which to them they say would be a deal breaker if cities and counties could ban the home grow. But uh, according to the most recent update on this, we have an update from the League of Arizona Cities and Towns. This is Ken Strobeck, the executive director of the league, who reviewed the initiative. Now, this is the group, and if it's similar to the League of Oregon Cities and Association of Oregon Counties here in Oregon, those are the lobbyist groups for the cities and towns that want to be able to have bans. And the lobbyist, this this guy, Ken Strobeck, the director, says, quote, the short answer is the type of home grow operations that are allowed now under the medical marijuana initiative will continue to be allowed if the act passes. The act clearly states that aside from a few provisions, it does not affect any laws relating to medical marijuana. Anything currently allowed under state law for medical marijuana, 12 plant limit, will still be allowed under the new law. The act also requires the department to promulgate rules, and this new department will likely make those regulations compatible with the medical marijuana laws due to the explicit requirement in the act, end quote. But one major difference is that the CRIMLA lacks the 25-mile halo rule that the medical marijuana side has. In Arizona, under their Medical Marijuana Act, if you live within 25 miles of a dispensary, you are not allowed to home grow. And this is a, you know, was very controversial when it was uh, started in the state of Arizona. A lot of people are looking to this CRIMLA initiative 
as a way of undoing that medical home grow ban instituted by the 25 mile halo. So the situation would be that your medical grow would still be banned. Your six to 12 plant medical grow would still be banned within 25 miles of a dispensary, but your six to 12 plant recreational grow could not be banned. But okay. What difference does it make whether you call it medical grow or you call it recreational grow so long as you're allowed to grow. And that's the point people are making with criminal here is that it would not allow this ban. Where people are pointing to this uh, rule within the initiative is where it gives the localities the ability to ban nuisances. Uh, The nuisance regulation, which is written into the CRIMLA, says that municipalities can, quote, restrict the smoking, production, processing, or manufacture of marijuana and marijuana products when it is injurious to the environment or otherwise is a nuisance to a considerable number of persons, end quote. Uh, and Jason Medar, the leader of the Arizonans for Mindful Regulation, says the city councils will lie and say that marijuana growing is a nuisance even when it clearly is not a nuisance. To me, I would have to defer to the point that an indoor grow it would be very, very hard to show someone's indoor grow was a nuisance to someone else in the neighborhood. I could see that argument being made for an outdoor grow where the smell of the marijuana plants uh, as they are uh, being cultivated could become overpowering and annoying to people. But I cannot see how this could be used for a inside grow. Uh, now, Meat art wants to claim that the smell fertilizers or high powered grow lamps might be used to create some sort of nuisance. But I think that's really grasping at straws here, especially when the Arizona leader of the cities and counties doesn't even think he'll be able to ban. mf I want more iced tea. Well, OK, Mr. O'Reilly, well, we'll make sure you get your iced tea. Hey, folks, it's 420 in Denver, Colorado right now. Mountain Time Zone getting its 420 break on. I hope you're able to get your 420 break on. And if not, we're fighting to make it legal in your home state as soon as we possibly can. We'll be back with some drug war data mining out of Colorado. Pot ER visits by newbies are up. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say Razzie Berry. We're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle, get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. That's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of The Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. You're listening to the best of the Russ Belville Show. Here's another great segment from our past six months of episodes. This portion of Grassroots Marketing on location on Cannabis Radio is presented by Norick Risk. Creating unique insurance solutions for the hemp and cannabis industry is a passion of Norick Risk. Rooted in over 100 years' experience, placing custom extra-large insurance programs worldwide. Learn more at 
N-O-R-I-C-K, risk.com. CannabisRadio.com presents Grassroots Marketing on Location, featuring exclusive one-on-one interviews with those impacting and evolving the cannabis industry. Now, let's go on location to the 2016 NCIA Cannabis Business Summit in Oakland, California. Welcome back, everyone. Radical Russ here at the NCIA Cannabis Summit right here in Oakland, California. We're live with one of my favorite people in the movement. (laughs) Charlo Green is sitting here with us. Making me wish we were on video. <laughs> thanks, thanks for prettying up the radio for us. We you know, appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Oh, so it good is to have an you here. Honor. I'm a huge fan of Radical Russ. Oh. We watch you everywhere. You're out on the road advocating, fighting for patient rights, fighting for industry rights. So thank you. Fi- fighting for fighting for my right not to be arrested. <laughs> I, I and it just so happens <laughs> that covers everyone else too. <laughs> but I'm very selfish. I, I'll make no bones about it. I don't want to go to jail. Been there, didn't like it. So. Uh, Charlotte Green, charlogreen.com. Everybody knows you, uh, anchor in Alaska who famously quit on air. Uh, and now you've become quite the cannabis media superstar. Tell folks about your new show because I just saw some great numbers from it. Well, my show, Charlotte's Place, is a talk show focused on exploring the world of weed. And so we have a number of guests um, that are living these different experiences. Just come in, have a real conversation, maybe smoke a little weed, maybe have a delicious infused meal, and share our world with anyone interested in finding out what's really happening from us, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, some of the guests you've had, tell, tell folks who you've talked to so far. We have covered a wide range of topics, everything from American Medical Refugees with its founder, Amy Hilterbrand, to... Sex and Weed with the canisexual Ashley Manta. Um, We've also focused on on spotlighting different people that are fighting medical illnesses um, like Tisa Bryce and Mercy Bryce. And um, he's a 13-year-old boy with cerebral palsy and epilepsy who found hope in cannabis um, after just about everything. Doctors were um, suggesting cutting out a portion of his brain to see if that could stop his seizures. And that's when his mom, an African-American woman, a church-going woman, decided to just put her foot on the brakes and begin exploring cannabis. And she says that's saved his life, saved their family. And and those are the stories that we really, really like sharing. Um, I think this morning or... This morning we shared um, a clip from the Cannabis Diversity Summit, and so that we um, in that episode we reached five hundred and eighty-two thousand people wow. this morning. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, um, we distribute through YouTube and our website, but Facebook is our main channel. So make sure you tune in on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays for daily live streams. That's fantastic. new new content on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays daily live streams every other day. So there's the plug. Right okay. on. You mentioned uh, the Minority Cannabis Business Association. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the the woman you just spoke to, African American woman, church going yeah. woman. A lot of different aspects uh, of of the legalization message that need to reach minority communities. I was speaking with someone earlier about how the black church was always really against drugs because drugs were destroying the community and how we're having to re-educate the clergy, re-educate the community. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that and and how well that's going. Well, we recently heard a help held, excuse me, a Cannabis Diversity Summit in Denver, Colorado on May 15th. It was standing room only and we had a huge turnout and we had representatives from a number of minority-focused organizations like the Minority Cannabis Business Association, Jesse Horton, Dr. Rachel Knox came out to speak on these different tracks, um, medical marijuana, advocacy, entrepreneurship, and social justice. And we also had Neil Franklin from Mm. Law Enforcement Against Prohibition out. So we're planning a number of different outreach events. Tomorrow, the Minority Cannabis Business Association, which I also sit on the board of advisors for, um, or directors, excuse me, we're holding a regional um, cannabis diversity rally. And so we're having a number of legislators come in, business leaders come in, and we're really reaching out to people and communities of color and making information as accessible as possible. So everyone is welcome to attend that. It's at the Gateway Incubator, 6 to 9 tomorrow, 
in Oakland. <laughs> we'll be there. We're going to get some recording for Cannabis Radio. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll be wonderful to be there. And I encourage everybody to take a look at this. And, and one aspect of this is kind of interesting. I wrote a piece uh, in High Times a while back where I started talking about how we could have reparations for the drug war. And, and one of the things I brought up was it's dumb that we disqualify people for licenses if they got busted previously. Why don't we give them extra points if mm-hmm. they got busted previously? Because that's not directly a racial thing, but it's going to impact minority communities greater because guess who got busted yeah. most of the time? Yeah. So not, I, no sooner do I write that than a few weeks later, Oakland, right here in yes. California, said we're going to have a, pro, a, a, a licensing scheme that favors people that were in over-policed poli- uh, police districts mm-hmm. and guarantees 15% of the licensing for people of color and minorities. Uh, do you see that as as a, a way forward? Is that something you'd like to see expanded? No, I definitely think that's a start in the right direction, just making sure that we don't think this is going to take care of itself. Yeah. Making these – or putting effort toward addressing this issue, like what they did in Oakland, is the only way that we're going to help the communities that have been impacted most by prohibition. Yeah. So um, the fact that there are advocates on the ground out here like um, Supernova Women, that's an advocacy organization that's active in pushing good policy, um, I, I think we'll see more of that. So I'm really encouraged at the fact that they're there. And again, there are these other minority-focused organizations like the Cannabis Cultural Association that are out there doing work um, and, and trying to replicate what's happening in Oakland and in places like Oregon, which is amazing. It's the mm-hmm. place to be as an entrepreneur in cannabis as a person of color. It, it really is. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oregon that gets top marks. Oregon gets top marks. Well, I'm awfully proud of that. Guys, <laughs> especially considering the state was, well, look up the founding of Oregon if you want to see I, some I've, of the history. I've heard the history. <laughs> I've heard, and it seems like Scary. everyone there is doing extra to yeah. try and make sure that they're headed in the right direction while we have the opportunity to impact really immense change. Yeah, kind of like, hey, sorry about that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... When people think of the legal states, they think Oregon and Colorado right off the top of their head, Washington State. They're looking at California. Make the pitch for Alaska. You're from Alaska. You've been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. What's happening in Alaska and why is, what's, to, what's there to look forward to industry-wise there? Industry-wise, people can look forward to experiencing cannabis clubs, actually regulated cannabis clubs. That's the unique thing that we have going for ourselves up in Alaska. Um, We are just now beginning to issue licenses to cultivation sites. So um, we expect dispensaries this fall. We have our fingers crossed. Um, The Alaska Cannabis Club is still up and running, thriving. It's a private patient association. So um, head to akcannabisclub.com for more information on that. But we're um, looking forward to this new era. And when you come up and enjoy that midnight sun, I don't know how late the sun was out while you were out there. 1130. 1130. Okay, (laughs) close. Got close to the midnight sun. Um, But but we've got great butt up there, great people. Um, And it'll be a really nice experience. I tell you, it's a little disconcerting when you go into a bar and you're hanging out and partying and having a good time and getting a little toasty. And you walk outside and it's still sunny. Yeah. It makes you feel like, oh, wait, I should be drinking more. <laughs> I, I must not be done. <laughs> yeah, too many people in Alaska have bought into that. I way. bet they have. <laughs> Charlo Green, you're amazing. Charlogreen.com is the website. Find mm-hmm. out all the information. Check her out Monday, Wednesday, Friday with new episodes on Charlo Green's show. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? The Charlo's well, Place. Well, it's Charlo's Place. Yeah, you swing by Charlo's Place. It's always shot in a private residence so everyone can feel comfortable enough just sitting back, smoking up, and, and just sharing truth right on any other plugs contact and and give that uh, six to nine tomorrow thing again too okay the minority cannabis business association networking rally is being held on wednesday from six to nine at the gateway incubator head to minoritycannabis.org for more information on that and you can check me out on instagram at charlo green on twitter i am charlo green and facebook just search charlo green um I'm her. You'll find her. (laughs) All right. I'm Radical Russ here from the Cannabis Business Summit here in Oakland. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more coverage right after this. Thank you for listening to this edition of Grassroots Marketing on location, only on CannabisRadio.com. This portion of Grassroots Marketing on location on Cannabis Radio is presented by... Norik Risk.
Creating unique insurance solutions for the hemp and cannabis industry is a passion of Norc Risk. Rooted in over 100 years' experience, placing custom extra-large insurance programs worldwide. Learn more at N-O-R-I-C-K-Risk.com. CannabisRadio.com presents Grassroots Marketing on Location. Featuring exclusive one-on-one interviews with those impacting and evolving the cannabis industry. Now, let's go on location to the 2016 NCIA Cannabis Business Summit in Oakland, California. Welcome back, everyone. Radical Russ here live in Oakland. And here at the desk, we've got the executive director of the Marijuana Policy Project. It's Rob Campia sitting here with us. Rob, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You know, this is an amazing year, 2016. We've got uh, probably five states that are going to be on the ballot for legalization, maybe another three or four for medical. I know your organization is directly involved in Arizona, Nevada, Massachusetts, and Maine. Can you give us uh, a look through your crystal ball? How are we doing in those states? Uh, Does it look positive for all four? Yeah, it does look pretty positive, but uh, I have to imagine that things aren't going to go smoothly over the next 20 weeks in all the states. Mm-hmm. So I think that right now Maine is looking pretty good. The polling is good. The opposition's pretty flaccid, and it's hard to imagine the opposition is going to raise serious money. So I'm feeling good about Maine. Massachusetts, difficult to say because it depends on how much money the, op- the opponents are going to raise, and that is really the politicians in Massachusetts, and they yeah. have the ability to raise money. But the polling is good in Massachusetts. Arizona, the polling is uh, mediocre. Uh, it's 50% in favor, 43% opposed, with seven undecided. So for those of you who are students of politics, you know that going into an election with 50% support is actually pretty nerve-wracking. Yeah. And then Nevada is uh, pretty average. It's you know probably between 52 and 55% support. So we have reason to be optimistic, but there's a billionaire who lives in Nevada who could dump a lot of money into the opposition and crush us like the bugs that we are. Yeah, we saw Sheldon Adelson, that billionaire, contribute something like $4.5 million to the Florida campaign in 2014. Uh, any uh, reading on what those contributions will be? Any, any numbers that anyone's thrown out yet? No, we don't really know. I mean, yeah. if I had to imagine where he would be most excited to play, it could be Nevada because he lives there. It could be Florida because he played there in 2014. But we don't have any inside knowledge as to what he may or may not do. With... Uh with these opponents now gearing up to fight us, I mean, our past battles, we really haven't seen much in the way of funding from our opponents. Uh, it, are we in danger maybe of spreading ourselves too thin because we only have so many donors at this point? Is that a concern moving forward? It's always a concern that we can't uh, afford to, you know, end the fights that we picked or win the fights that we started. But uh, then again, in all the campaigns that we've ever run, we never really have a lot of money at the beginning anyway. So if we were going to wait for the war chest to develop, we would never have legalized marijuana in Colorado. So we don't have a choice. Uh, Ultimately, I think at the end of the day, uh, there are going to be a substantial number of people who are going to contribute to their own future in these states. And then there are some out-of-state donors. There are some people in places like New York that have nothing else to do except but to donate their money to places like Massachusetts or Nevada or what have you. So ultimately, I think we'll have respectable campaigns in all of these states. California, of course, is also looking uh, to pass legalization with their Adult Use of Marijuana Act. Uh, any thoughts on that moving forward? And, and how much of an impact do you see if this, if this fails in California? So California clearly has the best polling of all the other legalization proposals. So the polling is usually around 59 or 60 in California. There's hardly anyone who's undecided in California, which makes sense, because if you don't have a position on marijuana at this point, that means you've been hiding under a rock. Yeah. And uh, so ultimately, I think the polling is, is wonderful in California. The way that the initiative fails in California is if there's a wall of money, uh, and I mean... $10 million minimum of advertising in California to scare the bejesus out of the voters who think that they're supportive, but maybe wouldn't be if they were scared enough times. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if you're wondering what states you should worry about, I would not have California near the top of the list because the polling is, is truly wonderful. We've been having a few victories lately on the federal level uh, with some uh, passages of, say, the the hemp uh, farming in the Farm Bill with uh, the VA. Uh, What's next on Capitol Hill and how is the support building for us? Yeah, support is certainly building in Congress. Uh, In addition to the Rohrabacher Farr Amendment, which uh, allows states to do what they want on, uh, on medical marijuana, 
that is still the law of the land. So that passed originally in December 2014. It's still the law and has to be renewed once a year. So that's good. The Congress in both chambers is moving forward with protecting uh, veterans uh, who uh, get their health care from the VA, uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs, and protecting those doctors from participating also in those medical marijuana programs at the state level. So VA amendment is good. There's a movement in, in, uh, in the correct direction in terms of fixing the banking problem for marijuana businesses. And ultimately, the real... The real test is going to be if we could pass that amendment uh, that's the, the McClintock Paulus Amendment, which is uh, not allowing the Justice Department and the DEA uh, to spend taxpayer money to interfere with all state marijuana laws, not just medical marijuana. So it's basically states' rights for legalization. That amendment came nine votes shy of passing last time on the House floor. And we think we now have the votes to pass it. But the question is whether we're going to have the opportunity to enact that into law this year or whether it gets just, you know, the opportunity might not present itself because Congress is tied up in knots on the, just the budget overall and has nothing to do with marijuana. Thank you for listening to this edition of Grassroots Marketing on location, only on CannabisRadio.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Get ready to hear something good about cannabis. I give you Jasmine Huff. Tell us a little bit about Jasmine. Give us the good news about how you've gotten to where you are today. Like all good children, I rejected my parents' values and, and ran off to become a capitalist in New York City and did a lot of work with an organization called Women 2.0. Looking at the cannabis industry, I said, you know what? Here we have a brand new industry. It's going to be a billion-dollar industry. And the rules of who leads this industry and who funds this industry haven't been written yet. Good news. Only on CannabisRadio.com. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The Law Office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. You're listening to the best of the Russ Belville Show. Here's another great segment from our past six months of episodes. This portion of Grassroots Marketing on location on Cannabis Radio is presented by Norick Risk. Creating unique insurance solutions for the hemp and cannabis industry is a passion of Norick Risk. Rooted in over 100 years' experience, placing custom, extra-large insurance programs worldwide. Learn more at N-O-R-I-C-K-Risk.com. CannabisRadio.com presents Grassroots Marketing on Location. Featuring exclusive one-on-one interviews with those impacting and evolving the cannabis industry. Now, let's go on location to the 2016 NCIA Cannabis Business Summit in Oakland, California. Welcome, everyone, to the Cannabis Business Summit here, National Cannabis Industry Association event in Oakland, California. We're brought to you by Norick, the insurance specialist for high-value insurance needs. And joining us here at the desk, we have Khadija Adams. She's uh, been with the show before. Tell folks about uh, your investment and private retreat uh, business. Absolutely, Russ. Thank you so much for having me back on. I'm really very excited. Um, MIPR Holdings LLC is a professional consulting and investor relations company. 
And I remember when I first came on your show, we were actually dealing in the OTC market. That's right, I remember. Yeah, and teaching education and, and all that. And we've since put all of that online. Making that available to everyone so that they can learn from the comfort of their own home. And so we've morphed into something bigger, okay? Okay. Um, What we found is that having all of these workshops all over the U.S., that accredited investors were even coming. Oh, wow. And small to mid-sized companies and entrepreneurs were coming looking for money. Okay. They thought that we were an investment company, so it brought everybody. And so we were able to um, build a really big network. And what happened is, I said, how do we match these investors, Russ, to these small businesses and help them with funding? And then I was introduced to this gentleman about a year ago, Mr. Armin Walker, and um, he's the president of Davos Capital. Okay. And he came on as MIPR Holdings um, CFO to help us bridge that gap and actually marry those companies. Fantastic. So tell us uh, about how you got involved with this and, and uh, what's next as far as uh, the business goes. Well, got involved initially, and it was about a year ago that introduced the first cannabis related investment opportunity. And I didn't care for the structure, uh-huh. although I was personally fine with the business. And I said, if you change a few things, I'll look at it again. They came back later, and in between that time and meeting Khadija Adams, I was introduced to the industry and an industry that was going from putting people in jail to solving problems to solving uh, uh, medical-related uh, uh, challenges and the, the, the dichotomy from an industry that had devastated, in particular, black men mm-hmm. at a high rate of prison, that there was an economic opportunity, the burgeoning cottage industry that had investments that ranged from, sure, cannabis, but all the ancillary products, but a lot of medical as well as recreational activity. And we were, we were pretty impressed with the diversity of the industry and, and it being a young industry for legal reasons. Mm. And so we apply our economic and business concepts to helping businesses grow. And we're focused on businesses and people like women, leaders like Khadija Adams drew us to the industry. That's something I think uh, you mentioned the diversity of this industry, and it's something that's just now starting to get some mainstream uh, reporting, which is I saw some stat that like 40% of cannabis industries are CEO'd by women compared to something like 11 or 15 or something like that in the mainstream. And, right. and we are also now starting to see uh, Oakland, here right in Oakland, California, they're, they're developing some licensing schemes that take into account the devastation that's happened to the African-American community, the over-policed communities. Is that something that's part of your focus, or is is it just part of the larger cannabis industry in general? Well, absolutely it is. Um, you know, primarily because, you know, we have the times that we're living in right now, especially with the industry, it's a new emerging industry. And because we have in our communities have been so affected, you know, um, um, by this this um, criminalization of the, of the plant, and now that it's being decriminalized, now more so than ever, we have to inform our communities on a the truth about cannabis, the benefits of cannabis, and how to invest early on, how to start your business early on in this industry. Because, Russ, you and I both know that African Americans and people of color missed out on every single industry, mm-hmm. alcohol, tobacco, oil, so on and so forth. And so now we have the cannabis industry, already a billion-dollar industry. And so now is the time for us to re-educate with the truth and to share investment opportunities because, you know, we want a Rockefeller, too, to pull up out of our our community as well. Absolutely. And for someone who's out there listening, and then they might be thinking, you know, yeah, sure, this investment thing, if I got a million dollars laying around, but how can someone get involved in this that might not be a millionaire and, 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 and use their money wisely when they've just got a little bit of it to invest? Some of the new uh, capital raising rules and and raising, uh, make it easier for small businesses to raise money from small investors. And I encourage people to kind of read, go up online, read the accredited investor rules and read the the rules for crowdfunding. They allow investors whose incomes are under 100,000 as well as over 100,000 to invest. But I would you know, caution, you know, find people who know what they're doing. This is why I met 
and work with Khadija Adams. She knows the industry. And then it allows people like myself who do analyze businesses and invest in businesses for a living to work with other investors and we represent and we sort of manage the investment group and and help these young companies because what was missing before the cannabis industry is there is no infrastructure in America, this great capitalist system to develop black-owned businesses. There's no major bank that emphasizes or has a department or a person that specializes in black-owned businesses. They can't even say the word. And here we have an industry that is supposed to be amongst the progressives. This one needs to take leadership. I challenge those who I've met who I think are cool to, to, to help us carry the flag and we'll help you carry yours. I love that. Thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely. I'm really excited because here here we are at a time in, in history. You know, Russ, you've made history just being here, you know, <laughs> what you're doing. You've done some phenomenal, phenomenal things. And what I found is that your, your, your station covers a lot of, you know, and talks a lot about diversity here down more so um, than ever. And I see that in 2016, I believe there's more people of color coming into the industry. They want to know more about the industry. It's because of so many people who have laid the foundation for the industry, the pioneers who came before to allow people like us to come into um, um, the industry and, and get our foothold in the industry mm-hmm. and help other people, you know, really do the same, yeah. you know, because one thing I know for sure, and I brought this guy on because I said, okay, he's an accredited investor. His partners are accredited investors. You know, his mission, it, you know, um, actually coincides with ours. I mean, it, it just works beautifully and just want to marriage, you know, the two, you know, businesses and funding in this cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. I believe will have a huge impact. I think you will. I think it's very important. I, I, I started my uh, activism with uh, Madeline Martinez, who taught me that uh, color attracts color. And, right. and so when we get leadership like you guys in, in the financial side, mm-hmm. it's going to make other people think, hey, I can get involved with this too. This is Absolutely. something I can do. And I've always found in my activism career that one of the most difficult parts in dealing with uh, minority communities is a conflation of the harms of the prohibition with the harms of the drug. Like a lot of the black churches and black leaders would say, you know, drugs are bad, stay away from drugs, it's evil. But they didn't realize, no, that's the prohibition that's making it evil. Mm-hmm. And, and some of our, our opponents uh, jump on that. They'll say, well, just like, just like the liquor stores, there's a liquor store in every corner in the hood, there's going to be a pot shop in every corner in the hood. I say, I think people would prefer that to, you know, drive-bys, <laughs> investment, taxes, jobs being created. Absolutely. And, you know, you brought up a point because, you know, back during civil rights, you know, the people of color used to meet in the churches. Mm-hmm. We used to get our instruction from the clergy, from the preachers, from the uh, um, um, preachers and, and pastors. And what happened, Russ, is that they were killing us. Mm-hmm. Okay, they were killing us. They were putting us in prison. They were taking the men out of the homes, making now the women go into the workforce. Yeah, yeah, leaving the kids where at home. At home. And and yeah, and so (laughs) and so that being said, you know the religious leader says, "Listen, they're killing our men, so just don't do it." Right. Even though it's found found in their very own scriptures. Right. right? Yeah. Page one. They (laughs) said page one, Genesis one twelve, and then drop down to twenty nine thirty. Right. uh Back into Exodus, and then we can go to Proverbs. Right. And a few. <laughs> but but the whole point is is that they know what it is. They know it's for medical and medicinal, you know, purposes. But because we were being killed in in prison, they said just stay away from it. Yeah. And now that has been brainwashed for over seventy plus years. Mm-hmm. And so we have to undo that in order to um, educate. And I believe going into the religious um, communities and, and educating or re-educating the leaders using their own scripture, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I, it's incredible. I think that will help with federal legalization. I uh, believe so. I think so, so much. All right, so let's give people uh, some info, some contacts, if they want to get a hold of you guys and to learn more about how to get involved in investing in this industry. Absolutely. So you guys will go to www.miprholdings.com or call one eight five five seven two seven six four seven seven. So if you're looking to um, get funding for your new businesses and your new ideas, if you're if you already have a pre-existing business and maybe you have purchase orders, equipment, anything that you're looking to get funded. Give us a call. Again, it's one 727 6477 And we are very excited um, to also announce that um, July 9th in Los Angeles, California, over at the Doubletree, we're going to be hosting our very...
very first cannabis investment seminar. Now, this is private. Um, it's going to be a room full of investors, which is, is kind of different than before. And so we're really excited about that, Russ. And thank you so much for having us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for joining us here, and uh, good luck with everything. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. All right, stay tuned. We've got more from the Cannabis Business Summit, brought to you by Norick, your high-value insurance specialist. Thank you for listening to this edition of Grassroots Marketing, on location, only on CannabisRadio.com. Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. And we're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really one toke over the line. And I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. You're listening to the best of the Russ Belville Show. Here's another great segment from our past six months of episodes. This portion of Grassroots Marketing on location on Cannabis Radio is presented by Norick Risk. Creating unique insurance solutions for the hemp and cannabis industry is a passion of Norick Risk. Rooted in over 100 years' experience, placing custom, extra-large insurance programs worldwide. Learn more at N-O-R-I-C-K-Risk.com. CannabisRadio.com presents Grassroots Marketing on Location. Featuring exclusive one-on-one interviews with those impacting and evolving the cannabis industry. Now, let's go on location to the 2016 NCIA Cannabis Business Summit in Oakland, California. Welcome back, everyone, to the Cannabis Business Summit here, National Cannabis Industry Association event in Oakland, California. We're brought to you by Norick, the high-value insurance specialist. And joining us here at the desk, we have Shelly from Urban Grow. Hi, Shelly. Hi there. How are you this morning? I'm doing fantastic. Urban Grow. Were you guys that had the commercial on the NBA Finals the other day? Somebody had a growth growth thing. Anyway, there's... It was uh, not us. It wasn't you. Uh, or, <laughs> but we are starting to break through to the mainstream, and that's because we've got a lot of legal states now, more medical states. Tell us about Urban Grow and how you're helping people out. Great. So I am the vice president of Lighting Solutions, so my focus on this industry is trying to build a sustainable industry by lighting things correctly. Okay. Um, we also do irrigation, fertigation, pest management, different types of inputs to make sure that product the products are safe and efficient and that's that's our that's the heart of our industry is making sure that this industry is sustainable and is here for the long term. So your products are all about the infrastructure of setting up a, a grow? Correct. Okay, so uh, with the lighting, are we talking about the typical high-pressure sodium, LED, what tor- sort of lighting solutions? So all, all different types. We, tell, we sell a lighting solution for every stage of gro- growth. 
and we actually are releasing a new LED product. Okay. Um, the products all originate out of Holland from the horticulture horticulture industry, mm. and so we're bringing in mainstream horticulture project products into the cannabis sector. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so it's urban-grow, U-R-B-A-N, urban. There's no puns going on here with herb, but <laughs> urban-grow, uh, is it .com? It is. Urban-grow.com. And, uh, of course, a lot of people that are putting uh, to the, together their grows uh, are, you know, having to deal with... Uh, you know, all sorts of different regulations, depending on you know, which medical state they might be in. It might be number of plants they have to deal with. Aside from the, the lighting solutions, you mentioned some other uh, items. Do you have uh, like, like irrigation and such? Tell us some about those. Sure. So we, during the design phase, we're making sure that from the top to the bottom, so from the lighting, if you're lighting in a greenhouse or a warehouse, that we're targeting the right intensities, spectrum, efficiency, and then it flows down. So is your bench is your benching correct is are you maximizing as much square footage you, as you can to be as efficient as possible and then that goes into the irrigation are you feeding correctly are you watering correctly and so we talk about uniformity it starts with lights making sure that everything is uniform straight all the way down so then if your lighting is correct then it's easier to feed it's easier to water it's easier to keep the the grow facility uniform and that minimizes labor and makes sure that you're building a business that is going to be sustainable. So are your products then and your company, is it aimed at a business to business where you're trying to outfit a huge, you know, industrial grow business to, to customer where they're just doing a small, uh, say a closet grow or everything in between? So we really truly focus on the large commercial okay. grower. Make, okay. um, that's where our products fit the best. Um, not to say that we don't help smaller growers. I mean, we do projects as small as 10 lights, but okay. um, 10 lights is harder for us. I mean, they take as much time as a 2,000 light facility really? to do. Well, when you're designing them correctly, it's, okay. all, it's about the efficiency. So how do, and we work in that space, but how do we make sure that we are lighting it all correctly and then flowing through? But some of the large control systems wouldn't necessarily be applicable to some of the smaller projects. So control systems, are we talking about those kind of automated and digital things that yes. I see sometimes on the trade floors? Yes. Okay. So that automate anything from the lighting to the irrigation to in a big greenhouse how often do your lights kick on are they kicking on because there's not enough lighting in that moment and making sure that everything is being automated to use less um, labor use more skilled labor and yes building very large large commercial facilities all right so how did you personally get involved in this industry what brought you to working in cannabis well i live in colorado so well, also it's required it's in the constitution <laughs> <laughs> everybody yeah. has to have a pot job at some point right yeah <laughs> i was actually a commercial lender for a bank so okay. finance and one of my clients started a lighting company and so i went to work part-time for him which lasted all of about 22 seconds and it quickly evolved into the cannabis marketplace, trying to source different types of lighting solutions, efficient lighting solutions that weren't impacting the yield. And that was about three years ago. And then okay. with my finance background, I started looking at how do we process utility rebates? How do we get these guys that are being efficient? How do we get the utility companies to start paying for some of this? So oh, wow. the math and it's kind of crossed over and now it's in, in into engineering a little bit making sure that we're designing the spaces correctly so i never thought that i would be in this industry but i'm super proud of it and it's such a it's such a fun industry to be part of and the people in it are great and we're building something that is just it's incredible so more fun than banking <laughs> really is that a real question <laughs> Well, we're glad that we got you in this industry as well, helping out the uh, the large scale growers. Uh, who, can you name some of your clients that people might recognize as far as who you've outfitted? Probably not. Yeah, we wouldn't want to. Yeah, we're not sure we want to do that because you know. I would love to, but um, it's still you know it's still fairly private. People sure as I, I think as this industry grows and gets more mainstream, people are going to share information a lot better. But right, we work guys, with yeah. great, 
great, great clients. Your, your secrets are safe with us. <laughs> well, Shelly from Urban Grow, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you. give out any more of the contacts that we might need. I mean, urban-grow.com, but what else might they need? Um, I'm speaking on a panel today at 4 o'clock on how to convert from a warehouse to a greenhouse here at the National Business Summit. And I would love anybody to come and listen on how to make this industry more sustainable. I'm so glad you're, you're mentioning that because I see stats all the time that say, like, one to three percent of the electricity, depending on which state, is from indoor grows. It's and the true. more we can convert the warehouse, the better that's going to be. It is. I mean, going from an indoor facility to a um, to a very high, sophisticated greenhouse, you can save upwards of seventy percent on energy consumption. Wow! Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we got to get that done. Urban-Grow.com, Shelley, VP of Lighting Solutions. Lighting Solutions. Thanks for joining us here on the show. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to be back with more here from the Cannabis Business Summit right after this. Thank you for listening to this edition of Grassroots Marketing on location, only on CannabisRadio.com. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. The Russ Belville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. You're listening to the best of the Russ Belville Show. Here's another great segment from our past six months of episodes. We must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be one for them in jail. We make one. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it and didn't inhale. One major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical rant. Once again, we set our sights on the Stoners Against Legalization, and unlike other years, this year we have to specify which state, (laughs) because there are so many states in play now that feature Stoners Fighting against legalization, fighting to maintain the status quo, and I want to make sure that we get a distinction taken care of, and that's the difference between a true legalizer and a stoner against legalization. True legalizer is the guy that will fight for the Jack Herrer initiative or Measure 80 or any of these initiatives that are more grassroots, more open as far as how much is allowed and so forth, more liberal, if you will. But they're not against the other one, whatever it might be, more professional, more, you know, less limits and so forth. A true legalizer will put their heart and soul into their campaign, knowing, you know, that they're, they're fighting against the odds, but having a belief that what they're doing is right. And they'll move forward with that. And when they don't make the ballot, they'll go ahead and vote for the legalization that did. So I don't have much grief for true legalizers, right? Where I have a problem is when they become stoners against legalization. Because whether or not you like the California Sean Parker initiative or the Arizona Crimla or the Nevada Crimla or the Massachusetts Crimla or the Maine Crimla or the Florida uh, medical marijuana, the Ohio medical marijuana, the Missouri medical marijuana, the Arkansas medical marijuana, whatever's going on in Michigan right now, whatever you think of those initiatives, all of them are fighting to keep us out of cages at some level. Now you might 
not think that a particular initiative keeps enough people out of cages. You might think it's not letting enough people out of cages. You might think the taxes are too high or the business model is too restrictive or the hurdles are too high to clear to get into the business. But all of them are legalization and there is no legalization to date that has been offered that is worse than the status quo of prohibition. And with that distinction made clear, we wade into this story at the Phoenix New Times, written by Ray Stern, entitled, Trash-Talking Pot Advocate Blasts New Times Reporting on Arizona Marijuana Legalization Initiatives. I'll run it down for you. Basically, he's got a legion of haters, like I do, who are blasting these videos on YouTube and all across social media, claiming that the reporter must have a vested interest in the MPP-backed Kremla in order to be writing so many stories about Kremla. And it's just, it's hilarious. I mean, it's hilarious and tragic. The leader, okay, so so you know the two players. There's Kremla, which is the MPP group, and they've got tons of money and tons of signatures, and they'll likely make the ballot. They've got conservative language that'll likely pass and win. And then there's the Arizonans for Mindful Regulation, AZFMR, and their leader, Jason Medar, threatens to turn his armies of volunteers against Kremla if his campaign fails to collect enough signatures to make it on the ballot. Last month, they announced they had more than 95,000 signatures. Well, that's nice. That's really good with volunteers, as a matter of fact. But you need 150,000 signatures. And while the paper here says you need 200,000 to ensure you make at least 150, generally with your volunteer signature gathering, your validity rate's around 60%. So uh, let's do the quick calc on that. Um, 150,000 signatures divided by 60% means they really need a quarter million. Not 200,000, about a quarter million. So 250,000, they're up to 95,000 now, and I think their deadline's in a month or two, couple months. So anyway, not likely they're going to make the ballot. And when they don't, they're going to take their volunteers and turn them against the one that is going to make the ballot. That makes you a stoner against legalization. That puts you in the same camp as Paul Chabot and Kevin Sabet and Scott Gagnon and Patrick Kennedy and the drugs are, and the head of the DEA, and everybody that wants to keep us in cages. It means you are providing aid and comfort to the drug rehabs, and the pill pop pushers, and the prison guards, and the cops, and the drug testers, who want to keep the status quo as it is. So it's bad enough when these stoners against legalization... And, and keep in mind, a lot of these guys that are stoners against legalization make their money thanks to medical marijuana having being legalized or thanks to the reforms that have led marijuana to become an industry, right? So in a sense, they're taking stoner money to be stoners against legalization, fighting against our own freedom. But what makes it worse is when they cast aspersions on those of us who support any legalization. And and this is where these videos come up. Uh, this is a fellow named Manuel Chavez. He's a director of technology at Firesight, which is a website-making company. And he's got a YouTube channel called Defango, and he wears his company shirt while he's blasting Ray Stern, the reporter, for having a vested interest in Kremla which is why New Times writes more articles about Kremlin than the AZFMR, saying, quote, Come on, Ray Stern, we know that you're obviously in this somehow. You're probably one of these people that's been donating money to these guys. Your money's in there somewhere. There's no way you would have written this many articles about MPP unless you had a vested interest in it, end quote. Well, Ray, I just wanted to issue my little vote of solidarity with you because I got all sorts of people calling me names and insisting that I must be bought off by the Ohio campaign. They must have they must have uh, paid me to write all those Ohio articles. No. The reason Ray Stern writes articles about Kremlin Initiative is because it's an initiative that might legalize marijuana 
and generates news by actually accomplishing things. Signature gathering, press uh, releases, press conferences, donations, polls. If I had a dollar for every time someone said I was a paid shill, I'd actually have the money that they think I have for being a paid shill. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. All right, everybody, stay tuned. Hour 2 is coming up next. we got more stories for you here from Roll the Day Studios. I'm Radical Russ for everyone here at CannabisRadio.com. We'll see you in a couple minutes. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. Smoke it and it goes down.